to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. Let's get inspired. Hi friends and welcome to episode 11 of the Crafting and Coffee Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today and today I have um, an interesting topic, I hope, uh, for you which is I'm going to be answering some questions that I get pretty frequently about how a book is born. So for those of you who are just joining for the first time, my name is Amy Latta and I'm your hostess. I have a blog, a website at amylattacreations.com. I like to share all kinds of DIY and craft projects with a specific focus on my particular niche, which is hand lettering. And in that vein, I have several hand lettering books. And a lot of times I get folks who are curious about the behind the scenes, what happens um, in order to create those books. And I think those are great questions. And I don't always have the time and the ability to answer them as at length as I would like to. So I thought that it would be fun to dedicate an episode of the podcast talking about that. It's perhaps not the most helpful and practically useful podcast of the ones that we have so far. Um, seeing as how most of you are probably not looking to write your own hand lettering book. But for those of you who have ever thought about writing anything, this might be an interesting look for you at what it's really like, uh, the process and how it happens and how everything comes together. For those of you who are not at all interested in ever being any type of author, I hope it's just an interesting listen, something that you can think about when you're reading a book and you pick up a craft book from the shelf uh, it'll give you a little bit of, you know, background information that not everybody knows. So I hope that you find it to be enjoyable as well. So a quick background about my particular books, because um, everything that I'm sharing with you today is going to be coming from my perspective as the author of these specific books, working with my specific publisher. And keep in mind that this experience could be vastly different for a different author, someone who's writing about a different topic or working with a different publisher and distributor might have an experience that looks very unlike mine, but I can only speak about what I know. So I'm going to tell you what it looks like for me when I'm in the process of writing my books. So a little bit of background, my first book is called Hand Lettering for Relaxation, and it came out in July of 2017. So it's been out for about a year and a half, and it has actually done extremely well, not just here, but also in Brazil. There is a Brazilian version of it called Calligraphia para Relaxar, and it is uh, a top seller there because it's the only lettering book in the Portuguese language, which I think is pretty cool. I don't actually speak Portuguese. Uh, there was a company that bought the rights from my publisher and did all the translating, and I just got to recreate the art. So that's um, a pretty neat thing to be able to have your book translated into a different language and made available to a different audience. So that's been uh, a real adventure for me. But that first book came out as my attempt to share some basic hand lettering instruction that anyone could get their hands on and do, something that was sort of a workbook format, but not the typical practice pages that you see. I have lots of those available on my blog, but I wanted this to be something a little bit different where it had step-by-step -step instruction and examples and tutorials, but it also allowed you to actually create something as you were working through the book. So the way it's set up 
there's over 45 chapters and each one teaches a separate skill. It might be a hand lettered font, it might be an embellishment or a doodle. And then at the end of the chapter, after you've learned how to do it, you put that skill together with the previous ones that you've learned earlier in the book to create a finished design. So you'll have more than 45 finished designs when you're completed with the book. So that is the first one that I put together. And my publisher, Page Street, actually had a lot to do with the layout of that book. They are the ones who said we should make it feel a little bit like a coloring book. And if you've seen it, uh, you'll know that at the end of each chapter, there's a page that has a hand-drawn border that you can color in. And then the blank space in the center is where you create your design. So Page Street actually had um, a good bit to do with how the book ended up looking in its final format. And I'm exceedingly grateful because it doesn't look like anything else that's out on the market, um, at least (laughs) anything else that's not mine that's out on the market. And I love how unique it is. I love the look of it. And um, I just think that it turned out beautifully, much thanks to them, um, probably more so to them than to me. Uh, But that was my first book. And then the second book that I put out came out in October. It's Same layout, same basic design as the first, except this one is geared for kids. Remember, we talked about how each chapter has a quote that you create, and people were sending me pictures of their children, their nieces and nephews and grandkids who were playing around with the first book, enjoying it, and they could follow the instruction. That wasn't the problem. But the problem to me was that it wasn't written for kids. Those quotes and the little paragraphs that I had written about the quotes had a lot more to do with what it's like adulting. It had to do with being a busy mom or just a busy person who works and is trying to balance all the different parts of life. And so I felt like while kids could do the creative part, they couldn't really relate to the rest of the book. And so I wanted to give them something that was just for them. And that's what I did in Express Yourself. It has fewer chapters, and so it's a little bit more manageable. And it's designed with kids in mind, ages 7 to 17, um, give or take a little bit. And It's designed to show them how to create things that they want to make, how to draw donuts and tacos and things that are trending right now for kiddos, and quotes by folks like Kid President and other people that they look up to and want to hear from, messages that I want my sixth grade boys to be hearing. So that's book number two. Book number three is still in process, and I'm going to be telling you all about that process in just a minute. Uh, But book three is called Hand Lettering for Laughter. Again, it's in the same format, but it's sort of a, a continuation building on the skills that you learned in the first book. It's not a sequel in that you can certainly pick it up independently. You don't have to have completed the first book in order to complete this one. Um, But it's sort of, um, I guess we'll say a little bit more advanced. It focuses a little more on design and teaches you how to put together some really visually appealing designs and um, just a little bit more advanced concepts and techniques. And the quotes in this one are designed to make you laugh. They are 
in the style of the ones that you'll find on my Instagram account at Amy Latta Creations. And so hopefully, you know, they're just relatable. They're keeping it real. They're about everyday life and hopefully will give you a giggle as you're creating them. So that book is currently, I have done everything that I need to do on my end and um, it's at the printer right now. It is being printed in Asia and then it will be shipped back here for release in April of 2019. So right now it's available for pre-order on Amazon and books and uh, Barnes and Noble and Books a Million and some of those other fun sites. Um, the final book is one that I am in the middle of the process for um, and <laughs> final for now. I hesitate to say final because I would love to continue writing more and more. Um, but the fourth of the books that I am writing is Hand Lettering for Faith. And this one is designed to be more like a devotional workbook where it talks about Bible journaling and how you can use your lettering skills to illustrate scripture. So that's the one that I'm in the middle of writing at the moment. Um, but let's talk a little bit about how these books come to be. So my publisher, Page Street, is located in Salem, Massachusetts. They're in a really cool place. And they're a small independent publisher that has a very big distributor, Macmillan. They're known worldwide and are able to get my book into some really cool places like Anthropology and Paper Source, as well as places like Hobby Lobby, Joanne Fabrics, um, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, it really runs the gamut. So I'm grateful uh, to have such a wonderful publisher and distributor that are able to get my book into lots of different hands. Uh, but basically, the way that it works is first, I have to have a concept idea. And for the first one, my concept was simply just a lettering book, something that, you know, was designed to teach people the basics of hand lettering. And with some help from Page Street, we refined that to be hand lettering for relaxation. We wanted it to be something that people could use as a calming, relaxing hobby, kind of like they do with coloring, but the next step up, where instead of coloring someone else's designs, you're creating your own designs that you can then color and um, use to illustrate all kinds of things. Following that, my next concept idea, as I said, was to do one for kids. Then we had the concept of laughter. We had the concept of faith. Um, so the first job is to come up with the concept idea for the book. And then I have to sort of sell that to Page Street. I have to convince them that it's a good idea and that it's something that people are going to want to buy. Once we have the concept nailed down and we have a contract in place, then my first job really is to create a table of contents. So we decide together how many chapters there are going to be. Will it be 40 or 20 or somewhere in between? And I basically lay out what each of those chapters is going to contain. So for my books, that means I need to know what the quote is that you'll be designing. And I also need to know what the technique is that I'm going to be teaching. Is it a font? Is it an embellishment? A doodle? Is it tacos or a cactus? Um, I don't need to know the specifics of what the design is going to look like, but I just need to know the basic contents of each chapter so that I can list them out. Um, I start usually by coming up with a list of the different things that I want to teach and then mixing them up so you don't get a ton of fonts in a row. 
they're broken up by doodles, they're broken up by design principles and things like that. And I also take care to sort of build things on each other. So I always want to start with the simplest and most necessary things. And then keep in mind, because the book obviously builds on the skills that you learn as you're going through. So I'm paying attention to, okay, at this point, what will I want you to have learned before we tackle this next skill? So it's about kind of brainstorming what the topics are and then putting them in an order that makes sense. Then I pair a quote or a scripture verse in the case of book four with each of those techniques. And, you know, there's no particular skill involved in doing that. Sometimes, you know, for example, if I'm teaching kids how to draw donuts, the quote it makes sense to have something about donuts or about sweets or desserts, but um, a lot of times the pairing is somewhat arbitrary, um, but I try when I can to make the quote somehow relate to the technique that you're going to be learning in the chapter. So once I have a table of contents, I send that for approval, and when I have approval from my editor, it's time to create a sample chapter. So I can pick any chapter in the whole book that I would like to start with, and oftentimes it's not the first. I just choose a chapter and write out the whole thing from start to finish. So for me, that means there's an introduction of the technique, there's a sample design that they're going to be creating, there's a paragraph about the quote itself or the scripture verse, step-by-step tutorials with images, and a little conclusion. Now, obviously, other authors, other types of books, the chapter is going to be outlined very differently, but that's what I do, and I send the sample chapter, or sometimes it's two or three of them, to my editor. Then Page Street takes a look at it, they approve, or they make suggestions, or request changes, things like that, but it's just to give everyone a basic idea of what things are going to look like. I continue on at that point with step four, which is to write, but at that point what Page Street does is they take my text and my images for the sample chapters and they send it to design, where the folks who work there work on the actual layout of the book. They create something that's called a BLAD, a basic layout and design, and it's the two-page spread where you see how the text and the design, the images, are going to be laid out together. When that's ready, they'll send that to me, and I use that as promotional material that I can send to folks that I want to write endorsements for me, because it's really hard to ask somebody to write quotes about something they've never read or seen. So what I do is I send them the blad, and they get to read the sample chapters and see what it's going to look like physically in the book, and then they can make an informed decision about what they would like to write regarding the book for the endorsements that go on the back and on the Amazon website and anywhere else that you find those things. In the meantime, I'm busy writing, and that means that it's my job essentially to finish the book. It's, you know, I've gotten approval for the samples, approval for how things are going, so now it's time to actually write each chapter. And every author is going to do that differently. You can do full chapters at a time, you can go in chronological order, you can go in any order you like. 
for me, what I tend to do is I will do all the introduction paragraphs first for each chapter. And then I'll go through and I'll do um, all of the step out instructions or I'll go through and I'll do all the paragraphs where I talk about the quotes. Uh, The step that I'm on right now in book four as I'm writing hand lettering for faith is that I've chosen my scripture passages and I'm going through and I'm doing essentially the little devotionals where I'm expounding on and talking about each scripture and what I want to say about that. At some point, all that writing is done and it's time to draw. My drawing um, in particular is done by hand with marker. That's something that Page Street and I have agreed on. A lot of artists will do digital images. They'll draw them on the iPad, which I have to admit would be so much easier and would take so much less time. And I wish in some ways that I could do it that way. But the reality is Page Street and I have agreed that when it's done digitally, there's this finished, professional, perfect kind of look that the average person isn't able to achieve with markers because it's a completely different medium. Markers look different than what a digital pencil can do. And so we didn't want to create a standard that felt impossible to meet. I wanted my examples and illustrations to be something that looked like the average person could achieve it. So I pulled out my markers and paper too, and every image that you see in any of my books is hand-drawn with markers, sketched with pencil first, drawn with markers, colored in, just like I'm telling you to do in the book. Because I and Page Street also felt like um, it was just sort of a conflict of interest to tell people to do things one way when my sample images were not created in the same manner. So once I draw... And mind you, there's a lot of images because each chapter, remember, has that sample design that folks are recreating, and it also has step-by-step tutorials, so I have to draw out each and every step of what I'm teaching folks to do. I also mentioned those border pages, and every chapter has one at the end, so however many chapters there are, that's how many unique borders I have to create. And honestly, for me, a lot of times that's what takes the most time because some of the designs are intricate. And sometimes I just sort of brain fart and I run out of ideas and think, okay, what in the world can I do for another border that's unique? Particularly as I'm getting into doing it for my fourth book, it's sort of a challenge to come up with new and different ideas. Once all of my images are drawn, it's my job to convert them to digital files, and that for me means scanning. Page Street has requirements for the images, how many um, pixels and things and what the resolution is, how many dots per inch, and my original scanner that I just owned um, was not good enough or uh, professional enough, I guess, to create images that were that quality. So Page Street actually sent me a scanner, which I thought was really awesome of them. Um, And I used that scanner. My black and white images have to be a higher DPI than my color images. And that means that they take about four times as long to scan as color images do. So one thing that I've learned and one thing that you'll notice as you go through my books, you'll find that um, a lot more of the images in the newer books are color rather than black and white. I had a lot of black and white um, in the tutorials and things in my first book. 
But I learned, hey, why not do those in color? Because it saves me so much time when scanning. And honestly, it's more interesting to look at in color anyway. So a lot more images are done in color in the later books. And so when you notice that, now you'll know why. Um, But once I scan them, each image has to be scanned individually and labeled with a number that corresponds to a space that I left in the written draft. So what happens is I'll write the paragraph and then where an image would go, I'll make a note, image 7 or image 8, and then I'll label the images by their chapter and their position within the chapter. When all the writing and drawing and scanning is finished, then it's time to submit my draft. So I send my draft and I send the images independently. Usually I have to send those on a portable hard drive because they're so large that they take up a lot of space. And thus far, we haven't been able to do it via Dropbox or Google Drive even. Um, I've had to actually send a terabyte hard drive back and forth with PageStreet. So um, I'll send in the images and then they look at the images side by side with the draft, which is in Microsoft Word format. And then I will get um, my first round of edits, which is basic content edits. So my editor will look at it and she will send the draft back to me with notes that have to do with big changes that we might want to make. For example, sometimes we reorder chapters. She might say, hey, I think it would make sense if this chapter came before this one. Are you okay with moving that? And usually the answer is sure. Um, But sometimes I may have a reason and we'll talk that through. Uh, There are other times where she may want a paragraph completely rewritten for clarity or, you know, we might just decide that a particular thing didn't work and we want to redo a quote or a design or something like that. Um, So the content edits are the big changes, the major things that we want to do differently. And honestly, usually there's not a whole ton of those. Then once the content editing is done, it goes to a copy editor who is looking for spelling and grammar, things like that. Um, So I, as a former English teacher, always try to have looked over and edited my own draft so that my copy editor doesn't have a ton of work to do. However, there are always some little changes and a lot of it has to do with standard formatting. Some of them are things that I don't get input on. For example, as a rule, PageStreet does not use the Oxford comma. If you're not familiar with the Oxford comma, let me enlighten you because I'm very passionate about it. Um, The Oxford comma is when you're dealing with items in a series. So for example, if I said I went to the store and bought bananas, oranges, and apples, I was taught to use commas in or after each of those things, bananas, comma, oranges, comma, and apples. So the comma that comes before that conjunction, the bananas, comma, oranges, comma, and that one right there, comma, and that is what we call the Oxford or the serial comma. And I feel very strongly that that comma has a place in our language because it separates things. However, there are groups of folks who have decided that it's not necessary. And so for the purpose of simplicity, they take it out. Page Street subscribes to that, and so they remove all of my Oxford commas because I refuse to write without them. So when you see my writing without Oxford commas in the book, please know that it's because of standard formatting from my publisher and not because I didn't want them there. After the copy editing is done, then I get a final look through. I get a printed physical copy. It's not bound, 
and it's just on eight and a half by 11 copy paper, but it's a printed out version of my text along with my images put together the way that it will look in the book. And it's my job to mark up those physical pages if there's any changes at all that I want to make. It could be something like we left out a letter somewhere. It could be that something needs to be capitalized. It could be that we accidentally repeated chapter eight or something like that. But whatever the case, if I don't make the changes on that draft, the changes don't get made. So it's very important for me to pay really good attention and to look through that um, very, very carefully and make sure that everything is exactly the way that I want it to be. Finally, once I send those pages back to the publisher, then everything is out of my hands. And that's where we are with the third book, Hand Lettering for Laughter. I'm finished everything that I need to do and the book is currently being printed then my job is simply to promote the books and try to stir up interest for them. Um, it's my job to share about where they can be found and all those good things. And in the meantime, the books are being printed and will be sent to the warehouse where they'll be distributed. So that's kind of the basic behind the scenes look at how these books come together. So um, I just think it's kind of cool sometimes to know how things are made and how they're put together and how it turns into the thing that you hold in your hands. So usually um, I receive my finished copy, uh, the printed copy of the book, maybe a month before it's available for all of you. And that's the first time that I really get to hold it in my hands and see it as a book. And it is an incredible feeling. I can't even describe how exciting it is to hold that and see it and see all of that hard work come together. Um, it usually takes around six months from start to finish for my part. Um, and then the printing and distributing depends on when Page Street wants to release that particular book. Express Yourself, the kids book, was released in October because it's close to the holidays and we thought it would be a great gift idea for the young folks in your life. Um, sometimes it just has to do with when we sign the contract and when it's feasible, like the first possible time that it could be available. Or sometimes they'll hold it a little bit because they think it would do better to be a fall release or a spring release, something like that. So um, I actually got the approval in August for, um, it was like late August for my fourth book, Hand Lettering for Faith, and that manuscript is due January 31st. So I have a ton of work still to do on that. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to get that done on time. <laughs> It's very important, uh, meanwhile, to make sure that you're aware of and meeting the deadlines that your publisher gives you. Um, but I do have a good bit of work left to do on that book. So that's going to be taking up a lot of my time um, once the kids head back to school after the holidays and I'm finishing everything up. Um, but I hope that you enjoyed this little back behind the scenes look at how the books are created. And if you haven't yet, I would love for you to check them out. Um, Hand Lettering for Relaxation and Express Yourself are both available now. Hand Lettering for Laughter is available for pre-order. And you can find out more about all of them under the My Books tab at amylattacreations.com. Um, so I would love for you to go and check those out and take a look in addition to uh, listening to how they are made. So thanks so much for tuning in, guys. And thank you for your questions about the books. Um, your questions about all different kinds of things help me to know what to talk about and what you all would like to hear. So please continue to give me your feedback.
feedback, please continue to share your questions with me. You can always reach me at amylattacreations at gmail.com. You can connect with me on Facebook, on Instagram. I love to get your messages and to hear what you're interested in and what you would like to learn about next. Thanks for listening to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. For more inspiration, check out amylattacreations.com.